Hey everyone, welcome to a new show of the AI Best Business Show. Today I have with me Ismail Bargash. Yes, did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the correct way. Uh, he's the founder of Wafer. It's a mobile uh, payment smartphone. He has different startups before. Uh, we're here to learn from Ismail about his startup's journey and the Moroccan startup ecosystem. Uh, Ismail, I was doing some research and I know you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. Uh, one of your startups was Lig. Yes. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, of course. So basically, uh, with my co-founder Omar at the time, we created the startup out of a problem that we 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 were seeing every day. But basically, we were uh, we we uh, both of us have done uh, our business schools in France. We came back to Morocco and we noticed something really simple: people are buying phone credit in a daily basis and in small amounts because people have uh, prepaid prepaid phone lines. Uh, so we basically created an application that 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 we were using in order to give top ups for free, and in exchange of that, people were accepting to receive ads. Uh, so we we basically bootstrapped the first version of the app in in less than two months, launched it in the market, and the success was unbelievable. After maybe maybe it was something like three months, we had. Uh, more than a hundred thousand daily active, meaning a hundred thousand people that were basically see, uh, that were basically seeing the ads that we were displaying in the ad. So uh, it was cool. It was back in 2014, um, I think. What happened? To it? Did you sell it? Did you just stop working uh, on it? Or no, what we actually it? stopped it. Both of us stopped it because at that time there was no real uh, VC industry in uh, in Africa and in Morocco, and we basically took money from uh, from a business angel that that. Well, we, we couldn't, it was really hard for us to manage the relationship with him. Uh, so 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 it, it was impossible for us to continue developing the company in that kind of situation. Perfect. So since then, now you started Wafer. Uh, and I you've raised money recently. Yeah. Uh, tell me more about Wafer. How did, where did the idea come up from? Uh, how did it start? How did you meet your co-founder? Uh, what is Wafer? So basically, Wafer for people, it's a mobile wallet in closed loop uh, that allows people to get cash back whenever they buy from the grocery. So uh, I, I think it's the, the same all over the emerging markets. But here in Morocco, 37% of uh, people's money goes uh, in fast moving consumer goods. And uh, the vast majority of FMCGs are done in small grocers. Basically, grocer is the place where Moroccan people are spending the biggest amount of, of their money. Uh, so the, the initial idea was to, to find a way to increase people's buying power. Uh, and and uh, this is basically the, the reason why we created Wafer. Wafer is a, it's a smartphone that it's a smartphone app that allows you to get cash back whenever you buy what costs you the most, which is FMCGs, uh, and in the place where you spend the most, which is the grocer. Uh, for fast-moving consumer goods companies, uh, it's another it's an it's a, it's another uh, problem that we are solving actually as i was saying 90% of sales for fmcgs are done in small grocers and inside those stores it's impossible for them to uh, create promotion for uh, for what they call shoppers so clients of grocers so people basically uh, and it's really important for them to do th that kind of promotion because it's a way for them to increase their market shares uh, sales and profit. So basically for people, Wafer is an app that gives you cash back. And for FMCGs, Wafer is a loyalty program. Perfect. So basically for grocery stores, you're bringing them customers. Yeah. Uh, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing their ad, 
you're getting customers and for for customers you're saving the money yeah how does Wafer make money so we have agreements with fmcg companies and each time we give uh, a dollar to uh, a dollar as a cashback we will earn 10% of this dollar so 10 cents of a dollar okay i i read the post that it, it was really hard for Wafer to make a relationship with banks or the central bank. Uh, can you explain what was the difficulty and how did Wafer overcome that? Yeah, of course. So basically here in Morocco, uh, when we decided to start Wafer, it was early 2019. Uh, there was no open API that allows people to basically create a fintech. Uh, so so th- this was the main difficulty. Uh, however, maybe the, the thing that I, that, that I had not been clear enough about, it's that both the central bank and the banks had been really, really uh, uh, happy to have a startup talking with them and asking for an open API. The, the very difficult part for both the central bank and the banks was the execution part. So these are big, big companies. It's really hard for them to just talk with someone and maybe two or three months after have something new that had been created just for, for a, a very specific purpose. Uh, so basically the execution was, was an was another animal. It was really hard. Uh, and th- that's what made us uh, lose a lot of time talking with, with, with banks. Uh, how we solved this, we went from open to closed loop. Actually, for, for Morocco, uh, for the, the time where I'm talking uh, so now, it's, it's really easier to do fintech if you, are doing, if you do closed loop rather than open loop. Can you explain what's the difference between open loop and closed loop for people who don't know? Yeah, of course. So basically, open loop, you have money that transacts through your app. You can uh, use it in order to buy web, whatever uh, there is, uh, uh, there, there, there is a, a place where you can pay with a Visa or a MasterCard. If you are in open loop, uh, the, the currency that you have inside your wallet it's, is actually a central bank c- currency. If you are closed loop, it's just loyalty points that you can use only inside your closed loop for, for things that you are uh, selling uh, as a business. Uh, so basically, this is the difference. So if I'm understanding right, a closed loop is money you already have, but you're using it through the app. Yeah. And an open loop is money through banks and credit cards. Exactly. That exactly. Kind of right? That's okay. the difference, absolutely. Okay. You started with, a, you have a co-founder on your startup. Is that right? Yes, that's right. How did you find your co-founder and... What skills do each of you have to complete each other? Like what skills did you bring to the table and what skills did your co-founder bring to start Wafer? So for the skills part, it's really easy. He's doing code, I'm not. <laughs> so <laughs> that's super, super simple. Uh, how did we met each other? It was actually many years ago. We met, uh, so we met at a moment where I left my position at, uh, I was country manager for, uh, for a VC company that, that is called Seed Stars here in Morocco. And when I left them, uh, I, had a, I, I had an idea. I was, I was trying to create, to basically create an online raffle, smartphone app that just allows you to click pay on just one click and then then um, get credits out of just a SMS that you send. So an overtaxed SMS and then you, you get a credit and this credit allows you to participate in a raffle. And once you participate in this raffle, you basically, uh, you basically uh, win or not on, on what you're doing uh, on, on, on the raffle. So we met because 
uh, because I was looking basically for uh, for a smartphone developer, uh, an Android developer, and uh, he was available at that time, and uh, I didn't know him. And after a few weeks of working together, working together, I proposed him to become a co-founder um, of the project. But however, uh, we never launched this this project for for only for moral reason. The, the project will had a lot of potential, but we decided not to launch it. Uh, and both of us continue our lives. Afterwards, I became country manager of, of Hitch, which is a competitor of Uber. He went and became tech lead in, in a big uh, uh, consulting company. Um, and, uh, well, a few few months after, uh, I, I still want to be an, an entrepreneur. <laughs> the, the same was uh, for him. And uh, we, we grabbed a coffee. I remember it was early 2019. It was... Uh, raining i was just uh, coming back from from paris at the time and we just uh, took this coffee and decided to do it together great you mentioned you you, st- you were working at different companies did how much money did you have to start Waffer? did you have a lot of money before starting Waffer? did you start from zero where did the money to start Waffer come from yeah actually we did not uh, have any money that we could invest from our from our side uh here in morocco we have something that is really cool it's called la ccg so it's uh it's not the central bank but it's uh it's something that is related to to the central bank that is basically helping entrepreneurs uh create their startups so basically when uh, you see when they see that you have a project that has potential they give you twenty thousand dollars for free just so you can wow. start up your your business then they give you uh up to fifty thousand dollars as a th- free debt uh, so basically, we grabbed out of it maybe, maybe forty, forty-five thousand uh, dollars, and uh, that that helped us a lot. Actually, in the early days, we used it in order to to build our first MVP, uh, and then we had been able to raise the first seed round. It was, I think, at that time, I, I actually, I don't think I'm sure it was fifty thousand dollar at a five hundred thousand dollar valuation. <laughs> so well, <laughs> yeah, it was really small. It was uh, it was. Uh, more than a year and a half ago, approximately. And yeah, that's $50,000. This is how we started up the business. And you mentioned that the program gives you $20,000 and they don't take any equity. Yeah, zero equity. In your startup. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know what? I think a lot of governments and a lot of countries should should do that because and being an entrepreneur, starting a startup helps the economy in a great way. And people especially in the MENA region and GCC region, they need this kind of money to start. Yeah, I agree. And there should be more opportunities. I agree. I totally agree. How many employees do you have now at uh, Waffer? So now we are 16 people. 16 people. What does what what does the day-to-day look like? Like if you wake up in the morning, how do you, how do you manage Waffer on a day-to-day? So it's... Uh, it's uh, the, the, the mornings are always the same because I wake up at 7 in order to be at the office at nine. Uh, at nine sharp, we start the business, which is uh, which we started a, a, a meeting with the growth team. Uh, and basically we are talking about growth. Uh, and uh, we are, so we are talking about basically the money that we invest on f- Facebook, Google refer programs, etc. And the call goes from nine to 10.30. And then at 10.30, we start the, the, the product uh, the product meeting so with the developers with Reda my co-founder and me and basically here we just look at the at the at what we have to do where everywhere one is 
uh, and what are we going go are we going to build in the near future uh, and all the mornings are so, exactly the same after so basically yeah uh, so uh, yeah. basically you're you're still doing operations you're not because at a certain point founders of startups become the visionary they think about the vision they're not really in the operations but you're still doing operations at this moment yeah definitely i wish i could do only the vision i, I wish <laughs> <laughs> definitely and this is not what i'm doing in a daily basis <laughs> and in terms of growth what are your goals like what are you go your goals to grow and how do you plan on getting there uh, so uh, w w what we want, so in terms of growth, we have many KPIs. Uh, the one KPI that, that is uh, after everything is obviously the revenue. So uh, our main target is to be, to be at approximately uh, $2 million uh, monthly revenue because it's, approximately, it's the, the, the amount of revenue that would uh, make just break even and being not dependent on anyone for financing the growth of the company. Uh, we are now at about uh, $150,000 a month. So we are far away from the target. And our main target is basically to get there as soon as possible. Do you plan on expanding outside of Morocco or is it now just focusing on Morocco and one, one, once you figure out Morocco, you plan on expanding? No, no, no. We absolutely look at other countries. We look at Nigeria mm -hmm. and Egypt in priority we definitely think that's what we are doing is have a, a huge potential over over there and uh, those countries so egypt and nigeria in particular are bigger in size than morocco so nigeria is 200 million egypt is 100 million in morocco we are only 35 million so yeah definitely we, we look at uh, other countries so you mentioned you want to expand to egypt nigeria and you're now in morocco from what i read and what i hear is that People in the MENA region, Africa specifically, they're still afraid of using fintech products or mobile app payment products. How do you plan on overcoming that? What do you think is the problem? With Why aren't people wanting to use fintech or mobile app payments? They they still want to use cash. Well, I, I, I think that the only, only reason why uh, uh, people are still not using fintech only in their lives, it's because... Uh, Cash is less expensive. We, we are in countries where in order to have access to internet, you have to pay. So basically, right. if you have, and we are targeting really poor people. Uh, and, and cash is doing the job, to be honest. Cash, it's a wonderful problem. So actually, when we talk about fintech, we are not solving a problem. We are creating a problem for people. So why combinator are saying make something people want, not uh, make something that people don't want. Uh, so, and we, we actually strongly believe in Wafer that what we are doing is, uh, is an answer to that problem. Because what we are trying to do is to say, if you are using our app, or actually, if you, it works also if you use cash in order to buy. So, so basically, but, but if you, tomorrow, if we have an open loop wallet inside our app, we will say to people, when you use the, the wallet, you basically pay less for the same thing. Exactly. And I think, as you mentioned, people in the, like in the region, they don't go, like not a lot of people have bank accounts and use banks. They still get paid, even sometimes by cash, go use their cash and buy products. Not a lot of people get their paycheck through the banks. And this is, I think, something we should work on for the future. Uh, to have a good fintech banking system and help people use it in a better way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You you just raised funding recently. Yes. How does 
if if someone is starting a startup and they want to raise funding, how does raising funding work? Like, where do you start? How do you reach out to investors? Uh, how what does the process look like? Yeah, I think it's a wonderful question because it's creating problem for so many entrepreneurs. So basically, what people think, and I don't know why people are thinking this, is that they are going to go and tell a story at a VC firm or a business angel. And that afterwards, he will give them money and using this money, they will build a beautiful company. That doesn't work that way. The, what, what people need to understand is that in order to raise funds, it's really important to, to make yourself in the investor's shoes. Uh, and the one thing that makes investor invest is fear of missing out. Uh, so basically, what you have to, to, to show to the investor is that if he don't put money inside your company, he will miss a wonderful opportunity to create a lot more money than what he put. Uh, and in order to do so, the best, the biggest leverage that you have as an entrepreneur is to tell him, look, what I'm doing, it, it, it's, it's, it's going. We are building and it's growing and we are going to, to be fine. Uh, and we will raise money. Whether Obviously, you shouldn't say it like this, but the message that should arrive to the, to the, the investor is we are, get, we are going to get money because we have a lot of traction and... Uh, we would be super happy to have your money, but if, if not your money, we will get money um, somewhere else because we have traction. And I think that this movement, this impression of, of seeing the company moving, whether he puts the money or not, is the best leverage that you have as an entrepreneur. And that's what you should, uh, that you should be really good at, making people think that you're, you are the best file on, on, on the VC industry of, of, your, of your country. So... so and, and this is this is how we basically all the startups are getting money in early stage. And I love that you mentioned you have to be a good storyteller, and and plus you have to show that you have traction. Okay. If you go to an investor, you're just a good storyteller, and he's like, okay, what traction do you have? How many customers are using your startup? Uh, are you bringing any revenue? And you have zero answers. He's not going to want to invest. But if you show a good MVP, good traction, then investors would want to invest in you. And Entrepreneurs should understand that. Those guys, investors, are usually super good at at uh, uh, seeing the difference between a good storytelling and a good traction. They they see plenty of guys that are super strong at storytelling. There is plenty of 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 content in internet explaining how you should pitch, etc. And uh, more and more people are becoming good at telling stories. That's true. Uh, but investors, their job is to see the difference between uh, good storytelling and good and, and good traction, so good good deal flow. Uh, so, what I think is the real leverage is the traction that you have and the the not only the traction but also the fact that that uh, you put yourself in a situation where where the entrepreneur understand that you are that you guys are are equals. Uh, you are not here to ask for money. You you are here to create a situation where both of you will profit from a collab- the co- your, your collaboration. When you, when you were pitching investors about Wefer, what was your big vision? Well, uh, so w- w- what, what we basically think is, is that, one, uh, this problem that FMCGs ha- have in Morocco does exist all over emerging markets. So basically what it means is that out of 8 billion people, there are probably 6 billion people that are buying food from, from the grocer next door. Uh, wow. so, so that's the first thing. Second thing 
uh, everyone in the world is getting a smartphone and uh, an internet connection. So basically what we are trying to create is just, it's basically a smartphone app that allows you to pay less each time you buy what you eat. Uh, and what you eat is basically what costs you the most as, as someone that is in an emerging market. So this is the vision that we are, that we are uh, pursuing right now. Uh, and, and around that vision, there is a lot of stuff that we can do. Obviously, if uh, you have an app that is fintech that all the retailers have and that all the people have, the no, the number of, of of things that you can do it's it's completely limitless. I I love that, and Thanks. it's true. Every everyone around the world is is using like buys food at groceries, and you mentioned something. I was hearing a podcast yesterday, and they were speaking that twenty thirty years ago. When you would buy, when you would start a business, you only want to sell to people in your town or passing by your street. Today, when you start a startup, you want to sell to everyone around the world because everyone has a mobile phone and has a has internet. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I totally. Agree. I, I want to go. I want to go back a little bit to Wefer. Do you guys have data of like people are purchasing? Could you guys at Wefer see what people are buying, what product they're buying, or you don't have access to that? Yeah, we. Do and the have- reason I'm asking. You, uh, what is the data showing? Like, the, it's interesting because I I was I'm taking my MBA now, and one of the classes was operation management, and the professor spoke about that. Some companies they know whenever a person goes inside a store what they buy and how much they buy of that product, so the manufacturer could go back and manufacture more. I want to I want to see like. What interesting stuff are you seeing in the data? Do people buy more at the beginning of the month, the end of the month? Could you tell me more about like interesting stuff you see from the data you have? Yeah, yeah, of course. So basically, uh, before buying something, before getting the cash back from something that he buys, uh, a Waffer user will have to flash the barcode. So that's the, the, the that's the use case that we are that we are building. You flash the barcode, you get a cash back. So, so, so you, you flash the barcode, you get a QR code that appears on your smartphone app and the grocer have to flash this QR code. So both of you, uh, the grocer earns a cashback as well. So grocer, you and the grocer will earn a cashback. So basically we know what you buy, what you bought, who you bought it from, when, where, uh, and, and we can do it like in, 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 every kind of other or for the data that you can imagine. Wow. So we actually have everything. I think that's the huge tool manufacturers and gross and big grocery uh, companies could use t- to know the, the demand on their product, what product is working. I mean, if someone goes in the supermarket and buys a lot of this certain kind of chocolate, let's say, companies would know, oh, people like this chocolate and they would buy more of it because people are using Webfair to buy it. So that's really interesting. Thank you. Um, Going back, I guess I'm coming up to my last couple of questions. Um, How did you... My question here is, what are investors in the region you would tell founders, if you want to raise money, go out and reach out to these investors? Can you say the like, question again? Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm asking like, who are investors you've worked with that you'd advise founders to go out and work with these investors? Well, we, we love our own investors. So obviously, <laughs> obviously I will talk about the uh, UM6P Ventures. So UM6P, just to give you a bit of context, it's uh, 
the the biggest university in Morocco. It's the uh, Université Mohamed VI Polytechnique. Uh, it's, it, has, it has been built by the OCP. OCP is basically the the biggest company in Morocco. It's the the first export uh, exporter of of uh, phosphates in the world, uh, and they just built what what you can do best in terms of of education of uh, of education in the world. They are bringing professors from Harvard, Stanford, etc., and they have a VC firm. And this, it's this VC firm that is usually uh, focused on 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 um, uh, hard techs, etc. That 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 choose to to do an investment. So we love them. They are wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, the other investor that we have is Plug and Play. So Plug and Play is basically a VC firm, an American VC firm, and they are doing uh, seed tickets all over the world, and a lot of seed tickets. Uh, and the third one is uh, Launch Africa Ventures. So Launch Africa Ventures is uh, the, the investor that put the biggest amount of ticket this, this last 18 months in, in Africa. And both of them, so plug and play, they are wonderful because they are connected to VCs all over the world. They basically know everything about startups. They can uh, actually help you a lot, whatever is your problem. Uh, and especially uh, your problem in when you raise a seed round is to raise the rounds that, that are coming after. They are super, super, super good at doing this. They are super helpful and, and more than super helpful, they are wonderful people. Uh, same goes for, for uh, uh, Launch Africa Venture. Uh, the only difference is that Launch Africa, they are super focused in, in, in Africa. So basically, we are okay. super happy to have all of them in. And uh, I will advise all the entrepreneurs to talk with them. <laughs> so when an investor invests in your startup, what do you expect of them? Like, okay, they invested in me because a lot of when an investor invests in you, they want you to get to a billion dollars or become a unicorn. Yeah. When you're going to an investor, what does a founder ex expect from an investor? Uh, so this is something that is really personal. Uh, that is really personal to me. What what I think, so 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 I, I will say exactly the same thing than what you will hear if you look at the uh, Y Combinator's video, but it's something that I totally agree with. Uh, the good thing, the, uh, especially in early stage, the good investor uh, is the investor that gives you the money and understand that uh, he, he should not bother you with a lot of reporting, a lot of, of stuff, uh, uh, and, and that basically trusts you uh, on the way you, you manage the money and gives you uh, the ability to, to be proactive with the investor in order to, to if, you, if you need any kind of, of his help. Good investors usually understand it very well. Basically, they know that as soon as they give you the money, it means that they trust you. And since they trust you, uh, the, the one thing that you have to do is once a month, give them the, the, the most important numbers. Uh, I think that the bad thing, uh, a bad investor will be an investor that will tell you, I'm putting the money and then I'm going to help you because, I, you know, I have a, a lot of contacts. I have a lot of... Uh, people that I know, so maybe I can be helpful in this, 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 and that. Uh, and, and they basically will try to use that kind of relationship in, 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 in order to, uh, to drive the way you manage your company. Um, the, the, the one difference between the, the two kinds of investors is that um, the good investors are so radical on, 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 on trusting you. Uh, they, they, I had never been challenged since the, the, the investor had put the ticket inside uh, for any decision that I took. Uh, maybe it's also because the numbers are good, we are growing very fast. But, uh, but, but uh, in the past, it had not been the same. So actually, the, the, the truth also is that I was younger and less experienced. 
but that that thing is i think the the main difference between a good and a bad investor and i love that you mentioned that and i think a lot of founders should know that a, a good investor is someone who puts money in your startup you send him a report every two weeks every month whatever the time is and then if you need help you go out and reach to them you're like i want to meet this person i want to hire this person help me out but a bad investor is someone who's going to come in and be detailed or oh, do this don't do that for me let a founder do his magic you put your money in trust him and let him do his work yeah. and i i appreciate you sharing that because i think a lot of founders need to hear that to know what right investment to get and what not yeah. you shared a post on linkedin i think it was a week ago about the investment ecosystem in in africa and especially and what startup raised how much money and how much money went into funding what do you think is missing in the in the startup ecosystem like how could we improve the startup ecosystem in the mina like gcc region so what what i think is that uh, is that uh, there, there will uh, never be uh not enough supply in money for good startups for good for good uh, deal flow uh the the other way to say that is that if we multiply by 10 the amount of good startups good deal flow i'm totally sure that the amount of money that is invested in startups in africa and gcc uh, mina region etc will be multiplied by more than 10 it's, it's exponential uh so so the one thing to do so it's it's really true in morocco it's maybe a little bit less true in uh, egypt and nigeria because people the, the industry of the, the startup industry is is working better over there but all over africa all over the mina region the one thing that we need to do is to make people want to do startups if we have more people that wants to do startup we have more startups if we have more startups we have more good startups if we have more good startups we have more investment if we have more investment we have more success stories and if we have more success stories we will have the american the american dream here in africa and in the mina region and and more people will want to 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 create to create unbelievable softwares uh here for all the world uh so basically i think that the 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 most difficult thing that we we uh, we need to tell to our people is we are not more stupid than americans or europeans they are not smarter than us uh, the only thing that we need to do is trust in ourselves and build and and, and build things uh, and and we are not this is this is a huge mistake that people are, are are always making we are not capped by the amount of money that are that is available to do that if there are a lot more that's, there will be more money and you said something uh, i've had six episodes now recorded on my start uh, on my podcast this is one of the best things i've heard and i really believe in that mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm living in the us i'm from lebanon originally cool but i believe that the talent we have in the mina region gcc africa just the whole region is phenomenal yeah. we have great talent we have very smart people we need to believe in ourselves no other country or no other region has more smart people than us yeah. and we and the region has a lot of money we have a lot of rich countries we have a, there's a lot of investors that are willing to invest go trust yourself and build something and show the world who you are and i really like i really believe in that same for me same for me uh, last last two questions uh 
if you're an if you're an investor, uh, if 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 you were not a startup uh, founder, you're an investor. What are startups in the region in Morocco you see that you you would put your money in and invest in? Hmm. That's a hard question because it's hard to be super objective about that question because uh, at least here in Morocco, I know almost all the founders. Uh, we are all very, very good friends. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to answer. Obviously, obviously um, there are so many startups in, in Egypt uh, uh, and in, in Africa in general that... that, that Can you hear me? I could, yeah, I could hear okay. you. Okay, so a lot of startups. Maybe yeah. I would say, uh, I would say here in Morocco, I would love to have put an early ticket in uh, in uh, in Kifaloto for two reasons. First one is that the 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 founder is a very good friend and he's an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, and second reason, he just exited a few weeks ago. So, <laughs> so so, oh, nice. so he's a second time founder. <laughs> uh, maybe the other okay. startup that I, I saw it in the very early days, uh, starting in more, they started in Dubai, I think, but they had been very early in Morocco. Uh, it's, it's Karim and uh, not because the big, ex okay. because of the big exit, etc. for two reasons. I, I think that those guys, even though I didn't work for them, I think that they have a great culture. Uh, I, I love the culture that they, they, they have. And, and I love this industry. I, I had been country manager for Hitch, which is a competitor of Karim. And, and I, I really love, love, love this industry. I love the way you have to be smart in order to create a marketplace in the city, etc. It's, it's a beautiful industry. You mentioned Karim. I spoke with uh, Riyad Abu Jaude. He's he's a partner at MEVP, and he worked at Karim at the early stage as an intern. Uh, and he says the culture at Karim is 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 great. They had they had believed since day one that they're gonna reach whatever they want to reach. And I think just like we speak about the PayPal mafia in the yeah. in the US, uh, we speak about the Karim mafia in in, in the region. That's <laughs> Uh, last question: uh, Are you hiring? Uh, if someone wants to join uh, Webfair, are you hiring? What type of employees or like uh, people you are looking to work uh, to work so, at? So yeah, we are going to be hiring in the in the near future. So uh, we, it, it's tricky to talk about it because we are thinking very very uh, deeply to 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 go to another country. But I, I can't say lo say a lot more. So <laughs> so we will disclose it in the good okay. time, inshallah. It, it. Okay, so, sounds great. Uh, Smail, thank you so much for giving me thank your you. time, answering questions. Uh, you gave great, great insights to founders. Uh, if someone wants to follow what you're doing, should they go Twitter, LinkedIn? Uh, where should they follow you at? LinkedIn is doing? best, or if, uh, if you want to reach out directly, smail And yeah, that's it. Uh, perfect. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Smail.